0: Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I am Jarrett and I'm here with the Scourge of Ironforge and Games Industry Public Defender Nick Zalencavage.
1: Yeah, hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nick, sounding a little down this week? Don't don't really know what the deal just, is. Just,
1: just, just tired. I, I mean, there's I mean, some of the news this week it's just exhausting.
0: Yeah, I can I, th- I can. I think I can agree with that. We will get into that in a little bit. Um, actually, this isn't the last week. No, no, we'll have one more Mashcast out this month. Yeah. Actually, maybe. Maybe not. We got to talk about that. Actually, what? Oh no, no, no. no. We will. We will. Okay. Yeah, we should have won this Thursday. Yeah, this Thursday. False alarm, folks. False alarm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, this is Mashcast number one thirty-seven, and now uh, let's get into our news bites. Not very many news bites. Uh. But uh let's get started with AMD. AMD is set to cut more than 700 jobs this year. Uh and it you know due to uh well they come out right out and say it was due to PC sales. But it's it is uh speculated as due to low PC sales, which I can uh I can understand where that's coming from. Uh mainly because their PC star Nvidia has really been beating the shit out of them when it has been coming to uh to not I'm not gonna say sales, but when you know just their, their PC offerings, like NVIDIA has definitely been focusing on PC where I think AMD has been happy with the fact that they're in all of the consoles. They're in the Wii U, they're in the PS four, they're also in the uh Xbox One. And uh it it really does feel like their <laughs> their their PC, like you know, their graphics cards and you know things of that nature. Uh, have not been up to snuff. Uh, I mean, should I use eight like, two eight AMD cards now or ATI cards now? And I will not be buying more ATI cards after this. I will be going back to NVIDIA because of just some of the stupid problems I've had with with the with these ATI cards. Like I have to use a third party uh, program called Radeon Pro so all of my games work properly. It's really it's it's. Yeah, it's not good. Not to mention flash freezing and shit like that. Yeah, I'm not very happy with it.
1: Didn't Nvidia have a program, and I forget if it was something where they were they were paying the developers um, to sort of maximize the uh, like their their uh, their code for the Nvidia drivers.
0: That there was speculation that they were doing that. Uh, actually, AMD was the one that was. Uh, you know, leading that charge, saying that, you know, you don't have to do that when it comes to AMD, but, you know, yeah, the way the NVIDIA, like, I forget what it's called, something works, like, is it GearWorks or GameWorks? I think it's GearWorks,
1: I think GearWorks sounds right.
0: Yeah, the the way the NVIDIA uh, framework works is that it, it, you know, while it optimizes for NVIDIA, it will actually uh, decrease performance. It might be GameWorks. Uh, GameWorks, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what AMD was saying, but the AMD uh is uh they're lowering their forecast and they are getting rid of some jobs so that that's not necessarily a good thing but it's not like they're going to go belly up cuz like I said they are in all three consoles but then again the reason they were chosen for those consoles is because they were going to give they were making some very low not low quality but low priced parts for those consoles that's why everybody went with them cuz you know Nvidia NVIDIA is like Intel in that aspect. Like You don't put Intel chipsets in a console because it's expensive, you know, compared to going with AMD chipsets. So.
1: Well, isn't part of this, too, then, like, sort of like the sign of, like, the death of consoles as far as the, the next generation that AMD is in all the consoles and they can't even survive with that?
0: Well, uh, I wouldn't say that they're not surviving, but they just have to adjust, you know? Like maybe they can't eat steak every day. Now nah, they gotta eat spam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> steak is so good.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. Like they're they uh, they're having a hard time staying competitive. Uh, you know, with not just Nvidia, but also with uh, you know Intel. Intel has ninety four percent of the PC processor market. Ninety four percent. That's that's really really high, and the fact that Nvidia is you know kind of kicking them around is also not helping. So yeah, but that's happening. Oh, what else happened there? Oh yeah, something uh weird, uh that I really didn't expect to see, but apparently uh a company or not necessarily a company I shouldn't say that interns from an ad company are crowdfunding a campaign to demand half-life 3 that's what they want to do they want to have this indie uh they, they have this indie google, google campaign so they can engulf valve employees lives to show them that gamers really want half-life 3 and to that i say they know that gamers want half-life 3 <laughs> they already know that the that gamers want half-life 3 it's the half-life 3 is not. it's not like half-life 3 hasn't come out because Valve is just like, well, I don't know if it's worth the money. Of course it's worth the money to them. But, uh, you know, what they want to do is some pretty trivial stuff. They want to, uh, you know, uh, buy Google AdWords.
1: Well, that, so that, yeah, that, that's the beginning. They they want to start with the Google AdWords, but it gets way better after that.
0: Yeah, they want to start with Google AdWords. And, you know, when somebody searches things like Half-Life 3 or Gabe Newell, they wanted to show up on the ad that says something like, We want Half Life Three or some shit like that. Uh, then they also want to uh what do they want to do? They wanna They,
1: they wanna do a mobile billboard and just drive a uh, like a truck around town or around the around the area of the Valve campus that just says we want Half Life Three. Um, you know, as a way of letting the people, you know, at Valve know that they want this. And then my favorite one, my favorite one is they want to hire fifteen Gabe Newell lookalikes and have them go around.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. If, it, well, I don't know what they what they want to do besides make
1: Valve laugh. <laughs> well, it's it's like I mean, like you said, like Val, like I'm pretty sure Valve is well aware that the community is hungering for Half Life Three. Like this is not news. It's not like games going to be like, "What Half Life Three? People want that." Like <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that he's been asked about it before, and and you know he doesn't, you know he, he you know he usually deflects those questions. But no, well, this is it's. It's cute that they want to do this. I almost feel, you know, like like you said, it's a bunch of interns in an ad agency. Like, I guess they're kind of showing, like, you know, this is what we learned from our summer internship. Like, but well, my favorite one though is the uh, if they get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars raise, they want to do an epic concert, and it would include um, it would include a member of the uh, of the ad agency who has has a band who has made songs about half-life in the past. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. They're currently, they're currently sitting at $1,000 donated. It's actually gone up, uh, since, since we talked about this in the pre-show by about a hundred dollars. So, um, and I don't, maybe, you know, I know the two of us were looking at this, so maybe one of us gave them that hundred dollars. I don't know. But
0: <laughs> it would be Nick. Cause I didn't give him shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I got way more other things to spend my $100 on than that. But, yeah, actually they hit the $1,000. I think that was all they – no, $3,000. They so they're, they're $2,000 shy of the uh, AdWords campaign. Um, and, yeah, this goes until November 17th. They currently have 62 funders. Uh, so if you really want Half-Life 3 and you feel like this would be a good use of your money, by all means give them that. But uh, I don't know. This is just funny. <laughs>
0: 62 funders. (laughs) Yeah, well, so yeah, that's happening. If you want to support that, go for it. Uh, Phil Spencer, he recently defended uh, Xbox IDs or uh, ID at Xbox, the parody cause, which basically states that if you are part of that program, you have to release your game at the same time that it releases on other consoles, which uh isn't necessarily the best for developers especially when they're a small team they may not be able to do you know multiple ports like if they're building a game for ps4 they may not necessarily be able to build it for ps4 and xbox one but at the same time they may not be able to get on the console without the program so he was offending that saying you know ultimately saying that he wants xbox one users to feel first rate not second rate and it's kind of like, dude, do you want them to have the games or not? <laughs> that's the thing. Like, you got these small teams that obviously they're not really, they're not well, not really, but they're not made out of money. Period. So that, I think that's where it really comes into play. He's not talking about like a Ubisoft or why obviously those companies wouldn't be in that program anyway. But yeah, these small dev teams—they usually to make the best game they can, they work on one port and then bring it to another. So if they start on PS4, or, you know. Let him finish the PS4 and, but at the same time they'll lock him out because now it's not you know it wasn't really the same day. I'm pretty sure the people who have the Xboxes won't feel like second class citizens just because. But yeah, he defended that, uh, which was kind of interesting. And also, uh, our last news by is that Riot is looking for non League of Legends developers. They are, which they they have games in in R and D and are looking to uh, get some people working on them, or at least, you know, fleshed out a bit more, and there's no guarantee if those games are going to come out. They said, you know, it may or it may or may not come out depending on what happens, so, you know, I guess that means they're in a really good position, that they don't have to, all, all they have to do is really focus on League of Legends, and then anything that comes after that, they could they could just put out a really polished game whenever they're ready.
1: They're, I don't know, I feel like the closest analog for them is, like, lizard like they're doing so well with their you know their 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 small you know portfolio of ip that you know yeah they could easily fund you know another another game or try to you know expand the market and whatnot Um, but they don't need to and league of legends is plenty fine on its own, and i i I feel like they're in a position where yeah you know they can you know, they can they have the, the the funds to spend the resources without it becoming like, you know, oh, you guys are working on a new game and now League is suffering. Like, no, I don't think that would be the case. I don't and I don't think they're the, comp- the kind of company to take their, you know, they know they, you know, they know what brought them to the dance, and they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna, you know, abandon that at this point. Um, so I'd fully expect, you know, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they might come up with here, um, you know, wh- what direction they go. Because I mean, we re- at this point there's no sign of what they would actually try doing. I mean, this is all just pure, you know. Let's let's hire some developers and see what comes out. So, it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, this, you know, it'll it'll be interesting if only because League was such a success. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where they what direction they go from here.
0: Right. Okay. So let's uh, just roll over into our regular topics. It doesn't appear much is happening
1: <laughs> besides,
0: uh, you know, gate To be honest with you, there's like every almost everything we find is gamers game, besides your regular, well here's a game trailer, this game's coming out but everything is floating around that so obviously we're going to talk about that a bit more some new uh, things happening there uh, there's also an article talking about the death of reviews on games industry we're going to talk a little bit about, but we're going to start with a game that <laughs> uh, is probably uh, it is the it is the sum of things that all people who don't play games fear about video games. That's what it is. Yes. It is, it is a sum of these things. It is a game coming out called Hatred. It's an isometric shooter where you literally, like, the goal of the game is to go out and commit mass shootings. That's what you do. Uh, your character, he hates humanity. Actually, there's, is there a quote? I think one of these links I have, there's a quote from, like, the actual video.
1: It was basically. I, I I hate everybody. It's time for them all to die.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was very specific though. Here we go. Yeah, I, I found it. It's it says my name is not important. What is important is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm just. I just fucking hate this world and the human worms feasting on its corpus. Or I'm pretty sure I meant to say corpse. Uh, my whole life is just cold, bitter hatred, and I'm all, and I've always wanted to die violently. This is the time of vengeance, and no life is worth saving. I will put in my put in the grave as many as I can. It's time for me to kill, and it's time for me to die. My genocide crusade begins here, and then it's a video of uh, yeah, dude, just running around shooting people. That's what it is. It's almost like that Postal video game.
1: Yeah, but Postal even still had like a tongue-in-cheek nature to it right like this is just th- this really feels like like a 15 year old made this <laughs> like you know just somebody like you know they just get shit on at school all day and they just come home and they sit in their room with the curtains pulled like listening to like you know like like metal music and and, and you know just just hating you know hating everybody and you know like this is kind of the outlet that they want to take and like I kind of want to just hug the people that made this game and be like, it gets better. (laughs) Like, like, this is not, like, I, I, you know, like, I mean, you know, I think anybody who, you know, who maybe had like a shitty, you know, like, teenage years or even just, you know, some shitty days, like, can kind of understand the place that this is coming from. But, like, they, like, you know, like, normally you would think, like, by the time, like, developers reach, the age where they can actually produce a game they've matured past that and like i don't know i don't know if they're thinking like hey remember when we were 15 years old and we hated the world let's market to those kids or if they're actually doing this as like some kind of elaborate troll on the gaming community to be like you know let's go ahead and let's put out that game that everybody thinks like games are and like just Watch what happens because I mean the one thing you've had is you have kind of had at least most of the the you know the, the gaming journalists kind of react with revulsion to this and, and and kind of like like you know this is everything that's wrong with the world like to a degree um, and so you you know you you've had them you know call out the developers in that regard but like I, I don't know it just I, I don't I, I don't know it, it, it's I've I've known people who have felt like that. And like and like, yeah, it's like you know, and you you grow out of it. <laughs> it's like I just, it really just feels like they need to just grow out of it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So on there, this the uh, the name of the company pushing this out is called Destructive Creations, and uh, they said that their game was a response to politically correct trends in gaming. And here I'll, I'll read this quote: "These days, when a lot of games are heading to polite, colorful, politically correct." and trying to be some kind of higher art rather than just entertainment. We wanted to create something against trends. Uh, we say, yes, it's a game about killing people, and the only reason the antagonist is doing it, doing that sick stuff, is uh, his deep-rooted hatred. Listen, they, they're trying to buck against the trend of political, uh, politically correct higher art, you know, games. That's what they're trying to do.
1: So what, what I want to know is, like, what is the end game here? Like if you're just running around killing innocent people, like who's the final boss? <laughs> like what what does the game end? Like at what point have you killed enough people that it's like, "Oh, you win?"
0: I I do know that they're going to have police and like SWAT teams in it, so I'm curious like what type of actual gameplay mechanic there is. I mean, probably start every level like uh by uh going into a place shooting some people and it probably you probably get more and more like cops. You know, and over time, I would imagine. And yeah, I, I know one thing you can use, like, people as, like, human shields and stuff like that. So I'm curious. I mean, I'm going to play it. I, w- I want to see, like, I want to see, like, what's the deal? Did, did you literally make a murder simulator? You know what I'm saying? Like, that, because that's what the game will be if you just go up and down and just shoot the innocent people, which, to be honest, that's kinda that, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of boring. Exactly. That would make a boring game.
1: I mean, any, anybody's ever played, like, Grand Theft Auto or any of those games like that? Like, yeah, you can just, you know, at any point, just, you know, like, I've done that out of frustration. I keep failing a mission, and I just run out and just start shooting people in the street or whatever. And then the cops come, and it's like, oh, that, that you know, after, like, 30 seconds, it's all over. And I'm like, okay, let me get back to what I was doing. like
0: 30 seconds, Nick? Yeah, I'm not... 30 I, seconds?
1: I don't... That's my problem. I never have enough ammo, and it always goes poorly. <laughs> that's why I'm sucking at the mission anyway, and, you know, right. but whatever. No, but, uh, no, so, like, yeah, with, like, but ostensibly there, like, you're playing through the greater thing, and that's just, like, a quick little release. Like, if this is all just released, like, what's what's the me? Like, because I feel like the narrative, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to kill everybody. Like, that's not me. Yeah, I'm curious.
0: Like, the bad thing is, like, what if this game has the greatest isometric shooting mechanics <laughs> we've ever seen? But you can't say anything because of the packages wrapped in. Like, oh, Hatred? That's a really good game. Because what if it is a really <laughs> good game? <laughs> and you just, like, people just look at you like you're crazy. Like, okay, so you start off, you're killing people, right, right. Then you start killing cops. And then you got to do this, you got to do that. Then you got to get away, you know. But, I mean, I would imagine each game, each level or the end game is that your dude dies like he wants to die so either he gets killed by the cops or he kills himself at the end of the game
1: well it almost makes me wonder then is it like i mean like you know i guess with grand theft auto you can always go and find the garage or whatnot to uh you know like lower you know get rid of the the the, the wanted score yeah but so, so it makes me wonder like is it just like they're just going to keep escalating the response to you until like you simply can't win and it's you know it's just one of those situ, you know like uh What do they call them? Like the horde mode situations, where they just keep throwing wave of wave after enemies at you, and eventually, eventually you're you know either you know you're gonna get overtaken, or you're just gonna physically be unable to continue hitting buttons after several hours. Like, right?
0: I don't know. I am. I don't know what the end game is here. I'm curious. They definitely. I'm curious. You know. I mean, of course, it's it's about mass murder, and that's terrible. But I'm not. I really don't view it from that perspective. Like, there are some people definitely out there, like, "Oh, cool, this game is gonna be cool. It's a mass murder, you know, you get do mass murder." But I'm just kind of like, no. Nah. I'm curious to see what it's like from a shoot, like, just from a shooting perspective.
1: You know, God forbid, like anybody that ever commits any kind of violent crime, even watched the trailer for this, <laughs> like, because once that comes out, they're like, "Well, this is the game he was interested in," and it's like,
0: oh. yeah, like that's <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm surprised, like when i I think a month or two or a few months down the road from now this game trail is going to pop up somewhere, especially with gamersgate getting all you know all this attention recently new York Times really really New York Times
1: well to be fair, even their critique of the politically correct atmosphere um I mean that kind of speaks to you know the the uh the drive to you know increase the number of women in games that's very politically correct and so yeah, I feel I feel like there's a reason that this game happened at this moment.
0: I don't know. We'll find out though. But uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for hatred now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to check it out because I like isometric shooters. So I'm curious. Actually, I like shooters. I don't think there's any type of shooter that I don't like. Like whether it be first person shooter, third person shooter, um, you know, like a, uh, like a cave shooter. Something like Ikaruga, isometric shooters, you know, stuff like that.
1: What kind of shooter was Quake Live?
0: Quake Live? First-person shooter.
1: Because you didn't like that one.
0: No, I didn't like what they did with it. <laughs> I used to play Quake Live. I used to like it, but now, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I mean, like, it's, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, Nick. We already talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick like, always bring up the bad past. Anyway... Uh, let's talk about our next topic, which was uh I guess, kind of time called the 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 death of reviews this author wrote about on games industry we're gonna link uh the show and, uh, we're gonna have a link in the show notes, but his major point was that that reviews are really aren't relevant anymore because marketers don't need them that's that's what he was saying like you know reviews used to be very important like back. And you know print media mattered uh you know before you had youtube stars twitter like social media they like it was it was a reviews were a marketing tool that's what they that's what they were and so over the you know still to you know over the you know till to this day you have a lot of uh companies that will push for reviews and have embargoes for reviews because they want to get the review out at the exact right time, you know, they, they still follow that, that mantra, and that's really not needed anymore, because companies can directly uh, uh, interface with their customers. That's what Nintendo does, you know, we'll, so we're going to see that more and more, like, these, you see a lot of dev diaries, um, gameplay videos coming from these companies, like, they really don't Need reviews anymore is what he's saying, uh, so that's why he thinks that that you know reviews are dying. Which from that perspective, I think that's kind of true. However, reviews are still very needed from the consumer perspective. I think. I mean, any type of marketing material that comes out is gonna put the game is gonna put the best foot forward for a game. I mean, for, fuck. Look at Watch Dogs. Look at Watch Dogs. If you look at all of the marketing for Watch Dogs, besides, like, I think maybe the last trailer that came out, right before the game came out, you would think that game is about tackling Big Brother. You know? That's what you would think. But no, it's not. It's a revenge story. You know, he's trying to get revenge for the death of his niece, or whatever. And, you know, that was one of the biggest problems with Watch Dogs. It wasn't what you thought it was going to be, like Ubisoft kind of built it up to be this one, this this big thing, you know? And although one thing, and it turned out to be another, it turned out to be something we've already seen before. So that, I think that's what reviews are needed for. Like Now more than ever, consumers need reviews. I think that's that's the important thing. Now more than ever, consumers need reviews.
1: I think there's still value in looking up you know if you're looking to purchase a game and you know you know you have certain people that you trust their opinion you know that you can look up their opinion to see what they thought of a certain game or you know or maybe you know more generally like certain sites you know that you know kind of how they tend to skew on certain things and you can go and find that i mean it's the same thing i mean you know like movie reviews i mean they you know you find which movie critics tend to you know you know what you know regard certain movies well that you tend to like and you follow that you know so it's not i can see how as far as it being like a marketing arm like that's less critical because yeah the developers can just bypass that but there's still there's still value in like just find you know you have somebody looking to purchase something just seeking out an opinion that you trust and be like oh you know what they didn't like that game well it looked cool but if they didn't like it and i tend to you know agree with them you know maybe i won't check this out just yet
0: yeah yeah, I mean, at least, you know... It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, one review is going to be make be the deciding factor for somebody. But I think people typically read more than one review. That's the thing. They'll read, like, two or three reviews. And, uh... That, that'll kind of help them determine whether they're going to buy it right away or wait a, a little bit before they, they buy it, you know. Or not buy it at all. Um yeah that's what i think i don't think game reviews are dead i just think that the they're dead tomorrow like marketers don't need them anymore yeah so even i'm sorry go ahead
1: well no i just want to say like even then too like you know with just the the prevalence of like twitch and youtube let's plays and stuff like i don't know if you would even call those a, a review proper but, like, you can understand, and basically, that gives you the opportunity to review the game without even having to actually play it yourself. To just watch somebody else do that. And to that degree, like, that's fundamentally, you know, advanced marketing that, you know, d- doesn't need the traditional review channels.
0: Yeah, I'm very careful when it comes to Let's Plays, mainly because I don't like being spoiled. I don't like games being spoiled, like, you know. If it's a single-player game, I definitely won't watch a Let's Play for it. Multiplayer is a different story. I might might check out the multiplayer for a game on a Let's Play. But typically, if I'm watching a Let's Play, I'm not going to buy the game. Like Five Nights at Freddy's, I watched the the Let's Play for it because I knew I wasn't going to buy it. Um, Among the Sleep, I watched the Let's Play for it because I knew I wasn't going to buy it. Uh, Which is actually a pretty interesting game. The story was interesting. There, it was different. You should watch the Let's Play for that. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, you know actually I watched the let's play of Dead Space 1 and that's what led me to play Dead Space 2 so, well yeah I did not play uh, Dead Space 1 because it's kind of like well what's the point because unfortunately it's not like it's not like uh, the older games where the game was in the challenge now the big thing with games is getting through the story and having fun getting through the story but if I already know the story then I'm not going to go plop down $60 and play the game. Like, I can watch a Let's Play of Ikaruga and then go buy Ikaruga, you know, and actually play it myself. But I can't do that with Assassin's Creed or, you know, something like that. Which I have two Assassin's Creeds to buy this year now that I think about it. Fucking Ubisoft. I really wish Black Flag wasn't that good of a game because I wouldn't buy any of them at this point. (laughs) But Black Flag was good, so now I have to buy both Assassin's Creeds. Just so I can bitch about it if one's wrong, if one's bad, but I am looking forward to it. But um, yeah, that, that's the thing. Uh, reviews aren't dead, <clears throat> but in terms of being a marketing tool, I can see that. I, I can see that their their importance isn't. They're not as relevant as they used to be.
1: Well, even then, what was it? It was uh, Kotaku is even like at least as far as previews. Like they're they're gonna stop previewing games with the interest of focusing more on them sort of after they come out. And so I think, I think just in general, because the other problem too, is like with games, like there's so much post release content that, you know, if you put up a review and you publish it, you know, the day that a game is supposed to launch and even for a single player game with like DLC and stuff, like the experience changes over time. And especially too, I mean, you know, this isn't the glory days of the Nintendo anymore where, you know, a console game comes out and that's it. Yeah. Like you know, games get patched all the time, and you know, even even for a game with no DLC, that's just you know a single player. Expi- you know that that can still change. So you know, it's almost like at some point, like even the reviews themselves have an expiration date. Yeah. I mean, got you know. So it's, I mean, t- so to that degree, you know, just, just just the industry itself is is kind of negated the the ability for reviews to at least serve any long term purpose, and so. I mean, at that point, you're at that point, especially because you figure nobody's going back and saying, like, OK, let's review, you know, you know, let's review a game like two years after release to see where it is. Like, you know, at that point, you're really going to be relying on the community to see, like, what what are people saying about this? Are people playing it? Presumably, if people are still playing it two years after release. It must be good. But
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mike. I think, you know, mixing previews wasn't that great of an idea. Because, I mean, for a ma- for major games, like for major publishers, sure. You know, because there's a lot of post-game content and changing things like Destiny. But for a lot of indie games, which, I mean, that's a good chunk of the industry now. A lot of indie games, previews are still very relevant. You know, that, that definitely helps. Well, it does, that helps the developer. But at the same time, that'll actually introduce people who have never heard of this game, you know, to the game. So, I mean, we'll see, but yeah, I mean, I think to a degree he's right, but not dead dead. We're still, we're still in there, Nick. You <laughs> gave me a thumbs up. You Couldn't see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was supposed to be a secret.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we come to the part of the MashCast with our weekly gamers gate coverage, I guess. I really hope this isn't become a thing because we were just going through these articles before, you know, and pre-show and it's, it's really exhausting. And stupid. <laughs> That's the thing. It's really. Uh, I, I I really want this to go away at this point. On on both sides of the field, because this is this shit's annoying at this point. And uh, you know, be honest with you, I think the average gamer is gonna be annoyed with it at this point too. You know. You thought you were gonna say something.
1: No, uh, no. I mean, it's you know, it reminds me a bit of uh, in. Uh... In Mr. Pandaria, World of Warcraft, um, there's one part where you're you're working with you know you're the Alliance and the Horde. You're working with some of the Pan the Pan the Pandaren, and you get to a point where, and this is on, on Thunder Isle for anybody familiar with the game. Um, you get to a point where. Uh, you know, your little horde group comes up with it comes up against an alliance group and the leaders of the two groups are just going back and forth, you know, like you, you know, you kicked all of my people out of your city and you killed some of them. And they're like, well, you used our city to, you know, steal a bomb and they're you're yelling at each other. And then the one Pandaren is just like enough. Like, you know, every reply, every reprisal is perceived as an act of aggression and every act of aggression is met with reprisal and it's just an endless cycle and you guys need to stop. So just shut the fuck up and go home. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, everybody kind of calms down and they both go their separate ways. But it, that's kind of what I feel like we're at here. Like at this point, like neither side trusts the other, um, you know, neither side, you know, any, any movement by either side and and it's – and one thing too is that both sides are so massive as far as who's, who's considered part of them. I mean you do have the legitimate problem that there are people who support Gamergate and don't support the harassment that's going on but you cannot separate the movement from the harassment no matter how hard they try and – so you've got people there, you know, try, you know, trying to actually have that dialogue. They can't do that because the harassment is drowning everything out. You've got the other people who, anytime the, the an overture is made, that they 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 almost take that as harassment themselves. Like they can't even, you know, they can't comment against the the game game movement without getting harassed. And so it's it's just this endless, you know, this endless cesspool. I saw an article, I guess, that some of the Gamergaters are alleging that they. They found and, and revealed the identity of what they well, as the article was claiming that they found the identity of Anita Sarkeesian's accuser and or harasser rather, and then the point of the article was that there's multiple harassers, it's not just this one guy. But even then, he went through and he kind of debunked it to the degree that he was saying that you know that that pretty much all they did was they just found this one person who has said some things against her. There's no real evidence. he's, he's like the Utah. Uh, the guy that made the threats in Utah and you know, and, and and that they're kind of just trying to like scapegoat everything on this guy so we can excise him from the community and move on and it doesn't work that well and to a degree. He's right, but on the other hand, like there's no evidence either way that anything about this guy. So it's entirely possible that yes, they did find the guy that made those threats. They did excise him from the community and everything's great and nobody on the, ga- the anti-gamergate side believes them. But on the other hand, it's like there's no real reason for them to do so and it's just – they're so entrenched at this point. There's no, there's no way for there to be any movement. It's very hopeless.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a big part of the problem. Let's let's just go over some things that happened this week. Uh, Nick kind of tapped into one of the, uh, one of the the issues. One thing was that uh, Anita Sarkeesian was supposed to give a speech at the Utah State University, and uh, this the university received a it wasn't a death row. Technically speaking was a death threat uh basically somebody said they were going to do a mass shooting at that school uh if sarkeesian was there and then she canceled which i think is a bad idea i think that's a bad idea mainly because uh now People know that's a button they can press.
1: Well, the problem specifically was with Utah and their 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 carry laws, their concealed weapon laws, in that there was no way for them to provide security, for them to make like people were basically just openly allowed to bring guns in there.
0: Well, yes, that's that that is the the law in Utah, but I mean the difference between a mass shooting I shouldn't say the difference between a mass shooting, but like the reason I would think that the there's a much lower chance of an actual mass shooting happening, because somebody clearly said, "I am going to do this at this school." You can that is more than enough cause for local po- state and police to be there. would
1: They would have been, huh? been there, but the point is like, if somebody's like, "I'm going to do this," that person is still walking in armed and not being checked for that. And so Anita did not feel safe in that environment, and that's why she pulled out.
0: Well, I can see that. I don't see that. I'm not saying that she's wrong. Like she should, I'm not saying that she should have man up by Kevlar. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying like you know this 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 completely uh, negates her work or whatever. But I'm just saying like now it's known that this this is a button that she can press. But, you know,
1: but to not not, well, a not
0: she can press but a button that somebody can press.
1: No, you're, you're you're entirely right. On the one hand, it's one of those situations like you don't want to give in to the terrorists because then they know that. Okay like if you gave in this one time like we can keep going after that. On the other hand, this catapulted her into some mainstream media outlets. Rolling Stone did an article on her, the New York Times did an article on her. Um, and now this is getting this is getting attention and traction outside of gaming journalism. Like this is no more just like shit that Polygon keeps posting about and bitching about like major news outlets are, are, are are catching this and they're reporting this. And that's a problem because it's one thing for this to sort of be infighting within the gaming community. And it's like, okay, like, you know, like we've got some issues here that we need to hash out as a group, but we already know that we're kind of like the, the, you know, the, the bastard stepchild as far as like, you know, the mainstream world is, you know, like it's, even though like gaming has a l- large mainstream acceptance, it's still kind of like you know th- like kind of what we were saying before about like hatred. Like th- that's kind of what the general public thinks of games. And now that it's like oh look here's you know a bunch of gamers being shitty, it's like you've got all these people who don't understand games culture, don't know games culture. All of a sudden they can be like, well this is what they do. Like now they're turning on each other. It's kind of you know what do you expect? They're a bunch of like you know crazy animals. And it's like we kind of. You can't, you know, like you, you can't refute that at this point. Like we do have these people doing these terrible things, and we, you know, like, and we're all kind of stuck. Like no, like nobody in I, I, outside of the people, I guess on like four chan or eight chan now or whatever, who are actually praising the people making these threats. Like outside of that, um, like nobody's happy with what's happening here, and it it just it makes everybody look bad. And, like, unfortunately, there's no, there's no way to logically call out to these people for them to stop.
0: Right, well, they wouldn't stop anyway. That's the thing. Like, you know, talking is not going to help. And bringing more attention to it is actually not going to help either. Uh, because those people are already set in their ways. I mean, for those of us who play online, you play multiplayer, how often do you receive death threats? How often do you hear somebody say that they're going to kill or rape your girlfriend or do this to your mother or something like that? Those are the same people who are doing this. Yes. <laughs> That's but, they, yeah,
1: go ahead. But but there's a key difference in that they're saying that, and you know that outside of your gamer tag, they have no knowledge of your identity. Whereas when they're making these threats, like it's like, okay, I'm going to come kill you, and I know you're going to be speaking at this university at this time and date, open to the public. Or you know I'm going to come kill you, and here's your address where you and your family live, so like I can show up at any time. Like that's that's a, there's a slight difference there, and I, I, I'm not saying. I think the problem is that for too long we've allowed that kind of hate speech to go on within the games. That to a degree, like this is the only way that people, some people know how to communicate. Like if somebody's pissing you off, you talk shit and make these threats to them, and that's the normal. That's like par for the course for them, and it, it's terrible.
0: Well, I'm not saying that the, the the threats aren't valid. What I was trying to get at was saying that these people aren't gonna listen because these are the ones, hey, these are the ones that are doing it on a regular basis. They're getting their ass kicked in Call of Duty or Halo, and then their retort is to say that they're gonna fuck your mother. So, like you know, those like they, like you, you're not gonna nobody's gonna make a statement, and they're like, you know what? He's right, guys. What's gonna happen is, what's been happening for, you know, generations of gamers at this point, is you grow out of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you like, people they eventually grow out of it. I mean, like, as you you know, if you hang out with older gaming crowds, like, you really won't see that. You know what I'm saying? Or if you had just actually, if you game hang out with people, you know, gaming crowds in public, you actually don't see that as well. Yeah. Because a lot of people hide behind that veil of, you know, anonymity. So,
1: Or they just become known as assholes. They go, like, oh, he's just being an asshole, and then you move on. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. So, but... Yeah, but that, that, I guess that, that was my point, that this... One, giving giving in and, you know, and canceling uh, the speech is now going to... I can guarantee we're going to see more of it, because they know that's a button they can press, especially in a state where conceals, some concealed carry is allowed. Uh, I mean, I the probability that somebody was actually going to come and shoot up the school, while you know, poli- while while a heavy police presence is there, I don't yeah I, th- I think it was unlikely.
1: I I agree that it was unlikely, but unfortunately it wasn't zero. And you know I'm not I'm not going to fault you know anybody for you know not wanting to take any kind of gamble with their life, like you, you know I mean. It's you know it's one of those things. I mean, even with a heavy police presence, like you still gotta wait for somebody to p- present themselves before the police can do anything. So it's not, it's not it, you know. I mean, it's 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 a murky situation. It's not, you know, it's 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 just terrible. <laughs> it's just terrible. That's all I can keep coming back to. It's
0: just. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I I'm not gonna falter, even though somebody is gonna say I'm victim blaming here. But I mean, I'm not faulting. I'm just saying because of that. No, this is going to happen i think we're going to see more of that especially in areas where they know they can get away with it like in utah
1: let's i think that's really the fundamental problem is it's not even that they it's like it's that and it's really i don't think i don't think there's a solution because i mean we've been dealing with you know like i mean just look at the level of of discourse and, and specifically the like vitriolic discourse on twitter that you know, we've been dealing with that for years. I mean, you, we talk about the Adam Wars incident, where you know he got run off Twitter after his comments. Um, you know, and 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 even then, there's the incident with the Call of Duty, where they nerfed the one gun, and, and the developer got death threats over that. And it's, you know, but it's one of those things where, we, you know, it, it's not even that we've been accepting of it because we haven't. But it's just there's somebody says something online, and it's 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 not easy to track down who did it, and and you know, to verify the threat and whatnot. It, it's. It's very, you know, all, all, you know, and it's one of those situations where they were, you know, they can say that and they know they won't do anything, but they know that you don't know that, and that you have to go off the premise like you only need one crazy person to fuck everything up, and yeah, it, it, they they kind of you know use that that to their advantage, and it's it sucks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see what else has been happening? So, on top of Sarkeesian, uh being pushed out of Utah. Uh, Brianna Wu, she was also pushed out of her home by death threats. Mainly because from what I can see, she retweeted some photos or some you know, some meme images that were making fun of GamersGate. And uh <clears throat> in reply some people of said community. Uh they uh well they doxed her. Uh for those who don't know what doxing is, that's when you publish publishes personal information like your address, your phone number. Online, they doxxed her, and then uh, somebody, uh, you know, said they were going to kill her along with some other colorful things. Uh, so that was another thing that happened in the last week. It actually happened last Saturday uh, when, when when that when that happened. And she too, she I think there was an article about her in BBC News. You know, I don't know if any any American uh, publications picked it up or not. So that's going on uh game journal pros apparently if you if you haven't heard about the shit that was a mailing list for game journalists and somebody went ahead and published all of the members on it like it was some type of secret society of game journalists and they were
1: controlling Shh, don't the tell them about community. that we're gonna lose our membership <laughs>
0: Yeah, don't worry, we're not on it.
1: <laughs> so, no, we're the independent media representing you, the gamer. <laughs> so, we're not affiliated. It's official. You can check the rosters. We're not on there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it's a very good possibility that a lot of those guys, well, they know one, they know each other because games media isn't that large, especially for those who've been around for a really long time. And it's a good chance that a lot of them have the same views, so if they do have the same views, they'll probably work together and do stuff. But.
1: Ooh, ooh.
0: I don't was, think they're like, you know, the stone cutters <laughs> try to, no, trying to make moves.
1: No, but I, th- I think that's one of the problems is that if you're not familiar with sort of like the nature of the games journal industry, it's easy to mistake that for that. I mean, like, you know, like, like, you know, like we've we've had the luxury of like we've gone to PAX, like we've sat in the media room and it's mostly just a bunch of people, mostly guys. But, you know, there are a few women there, but it's, you know, a bunch of people sitting around on their laptops and there's, there's some groups that kind of like rose up and I, I, and it wasn't clear, like if they were all from the same media outlet or if they were just having to be people that knew each other. But there were some groups that came up where people would be sitting together, but for the most part, everyone was just sitting by their own typing by themselves. Like, that's what you did. And it's not surprising, like. It's not, it's not surprising that, like, there would be this, you know, sort of news channel that these people would kind of, like, work together on. It's it's an industry. It's like an industry group. Like, these things happen. This is how, you know, like, you look at, like, you know, how, how come, like, Ben Kuchera, for example, went so quickly when the Penny Arcade report folded, you know, to going over to Polygon because he had that network in place. They all have that network in place. Right. I mean, they're all, you know— If you think about it, they all go to the same press events and conferences and conventions. They're all put in that same little room, you know, time after time. and and Like, you know, it's the same thing with the developers as far as like, you know, like Zoe Quinn being allegedly close to people. Like, you know, who are you seeing at all these conventions and, and conferences that you're reporting on? It's the same developers over and over again. Like, so, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like... I mean, games journalist. It's not a nine to five job. It's not, you know, it's not like you get up in the morning, you go to your little, you know, like office where you sit at your cubicle and you type all day, and then you go home. Like you're going to these events. You're you're talking to people on the phone. You're making contacts and 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 dealing with them in that regard. And you know, friendships are going to form. It's not, you know, it's not the kind of situation where it's like at the you know five o'clock hits and you take your game journalist hat off and up oh, now. You know, I'm going home. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Like you know. Hell, even then at a nine to five job, you still go out and drink beers with your friend, you know, your coworkers after work, because you know you're people. and You got to blow off steam, and you talk about, you know, you talk shop, and they do the same thing, and that happens. And so it's not, and the thing too is what we're not privy to, um, and this is why we got to get on that list, damn it. But this is what we're <laughs> not privy to is the contents of that mailing list and what goes back and forth, because it's easy to think like, oh, here's you know somebody every day sends out talking points, and everybody just follows them blindly, and. There's discussion that goes on there. You've got 150 people on that list. You're not going to get 150 people who agree on everything. And you know, I'm sure people go back and forth, and people talk about like what points they're going to take on certain topics, and and even then, just arguing in general. Because one of the things too, when you're writing, especially if you're writing an opinion piece or something, like you might want to be like, okay, I have this idea for an article. Let me throw it out to the group, see what the group throws back, and you might get some debate that you can actually turn around and be like, hey, you know what? This is something that I can actually, you know, my opinion's been kind of refined here. You know, in our discussion, we kind of hit like a nugget of, of interesting truth that we can share, and then you can go out and present that and That doesn't. That's not. That conversation. That's not talking points. That's not groupthink. That's actual, you know, discussion, thoughtful discussion that can, you know, that can, you know, you know, can germinate and and do, you know, progress the community. And, you know, it's not. It's it's I I I get it. It's very easy to think that this list is just, you know, it's the Illuminati, it's the New World Order, and it's not. And you know I, I you know i i i wish i feel bad for anybody that thinks it's that because you're you're, you're you know it's, it's like your naivety is cute <laughs> but it's not it's not that at all
0: yeah yeah i mean there's there's a chance that you know there was some influence going on there between you know some of the more senior members of the game industry and maybe some of the uh not so seasoned, but I mean, to be honest with you, like, to get onto that list period, I'm pretty sure you had to have, you know, a decent amount of experience in game journalism, because it wasn't open to everybody. You know, A lot of people didn't even know that list existed, <laughs> you know, and I guess somebody, somebody, somebody who had access to the list, didn't agree what was going on, or maybe they're pro-gamers gate, and they're like, well, the world needs to know about this, <laughs> you know? I know uh, Ebola's out there, but shit, <laughs> this needs to be known.
1: <laughs> this is the real virus on humanity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that 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 uh, that that came out, um, and most of the game journalists that I have run into, really nice people that just love gaming. You know, they have their political opinions and I mean a lot of a lot of journalism is opinion. So if they they they, sp- they speak their opinion, they you know, now they're they're part of the problem. You know, now it's propaganda. Um even though I have to admit, uh not in relation to this game journal's prose, but the the, the games journalism industry, the 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 games media, they really do know how to throw on a propaganda machine. <laughs> like you know, when it when it all comes together, like that whole the game gamers are dead. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it was a slew of articles, but it was more than one. Uh, and then uh, you know the whole uh, gamer entitlement uh, propaganda piece was impressive, <laughs> to, to, to say the least, because those became buzzwords that you heard so often in in certain in certain times. So i think i I think maybe that's why this seems to be such a big thing because when the games media wants to get like something across it seems like they do it together it doesn't seem like it's an accident
1: well they're an echo chamber and like even without that list i mean if you look at like you know who who does any given reporter follow on twitter they follow all the other guys on that list like you don't like the mailing list was sort of like a formalized way, but like, oh, no, they've exposed the list. It's gone. Like they're still talking. They're still communicating. They're still coordinating. And I'm using that term very loosely. But, yeah, I mean, if especially in a case like this, like, I mean, uh, what was it? There's the one article on, I think it's also Game Industry, Deb. Is uh, the uh, what's fueling Gamergate article, yeah. and they make they make a great point that for as much as like you know the people like behind Gamergate are like very kind of disenfranchised and, and feeling like a loss of power with the direction that games are going, like the thing is like when they come out and they 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 start to attack. You know sort of the social justice warriors and and the media in that regard the people in the media and the developers that support that like they're used to being attacked when they get attacked like that their their response is to attack back and, and and you know like they're like oh you know like i i champion like a minority cause like we have to stand up in the face of you know perceived oppression and they're seeing that as oppression so in a way it's 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 like the perfect circle like you've got this disenfranchised group that's that's getting defensive and then you've got this other group that's like oh now they're coming after us well you know we have to stand up and fight for our rights and then they clash and Neither side is capable of, of realizing it. Like the problem is that the, the kind of person, especially like you look at a set like Polygon, the kind of person that set like Polygon is going to hire is already going to be of the mindset that you know we have to you know you know kind of like look for minority issues and you know defend mon- minority rights and effectively everything that would classify them as a social justice warrior. But at the same time, they're the kind of people who would think you know like social justice warrior. That's not necessarily a pejorative. Like yeah, I am fighting for social justice. Yeah, and that kind of person, like when they're faced with, you know, the, you know, a massive misogynistic, you know, threat like Gamergate, like they're going to rally and they're going to, they're going to, you know, do what they can to take that down and, 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 you know, stop the, you know, evil. And it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like every, it's, everybody's just doing what they would normally do. And unfortunately now you know, the guns are just pointed at each other. And it's, again, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's a uh, things that uh, everybody's looking at things on the surface, and I think that's 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 a big part of the problem. Like, oh, there's there's this list of all these game journalists, and they they're their cohorts. They they all work together to push the game journalism or the uh, the left wing agenda. And on the surface, that could definitely seem that way. But you know, nobody wants to look. It's, it's what we said last week that you know nobody wants to have a balanced view of the situation nobody wants to take the view from the other side it's just you know we're right and everybody else are monsters
1: i don't think it's that they don't want to i don't i think it's that they they can't see the other side that when they try to see it they they get to the surface of you're right that like we're just monsters and they can't mine that side for any deeper insight to actually try to communicate with them um, and it can be tough because i mean You know how do you sympathize with someone where all you really know is that oh you're making death threats like how you know like okay you're frustrated and you're angry but then like beyond that and the problem too is like just by making the death threats you're not telling us why you're frustrated and angry like we kind of have to guess like the fact that you're affiliated with the movement means that you're frustrated about you know you know you know a a perceived push to put more women women's rights issues into games like that's but that, and again, that's all inferred. Like you can't, there's no room for dialogue there. And so it's very easy. It's very easy then for the people who might be in a position to try to even make that dialogue and just be like, well, the whole movement is just stupid and write it off. And it's something that we need to completely, you know, attack and dismantle and shut down. And it's, it, that it doesn't benefit anybody then at that point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think on, on both sides, there's things that can be done better. Um, to help ease the problem, uh, one like recently the, the t- two two sites Polygon and Giant Bomb released letters from the editor on the situations because they were getting roped into it into a fight that they really didn't want to get into. Especially Giant Bomb, yeah, they decided not to say anything, well, and then people were saying, "Well, that means you support it," and that's just not true.
1: Well, that was very specifically Brianna Wu called them out in that uh, BBC interview. She, yeah. she cited IGN and Giant Bomb as the two sites that their their silence makes them implicit in supporting Gamergate, and that's what Giant Bomb had to come out and be like, "No, we just don't want to give it attention because you you know if you give it attention, you're just fueling the flames," which is also true.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like you, you know, <clears throat> if you're anti-Gamergate, you can't uh, you can't say just because somebody's silent means that they're supporting one side, because that's that's not fair. That's not yeah. true. We you know. Uh, You know, if you're a site, and let's say you report on Gamersgate, a lot of some people might even say, "Well, if you didn't condemn it, then you support it," and that's not the case either. We didn't condemn Gamersgate, not yet, but, but like you know, the it doesn't mean we support it, which I, I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, So, I guess it's a communication. It's, it's a big communication thing. Like a lot, and a lot of gamers can't really articulate why. They support GamersGate besides wanting to keep their games the way it is. You know they like things the way they are. They want to keep it that way, but they don't like a lot of GamersGate supporters don't really realize or even care about corruption. I'm putting quotes on that corruption in the games media, even though there's more than some would like to admit uh, in terms of uh, trade-offs for favor- for favorable reviews or or words, because it does matter to a degree. Like we just said, reviews aren't hundred percent dead, <laughs> but um, yeah. So a lot of gamers can articulate. But then on top of that, like you have a lot of sites when they're reporting on these things, they're a problem that they had. Or they'd have they have more enemies than they would uh, than they normally would if they would report it properly. Like reporting, you know, that gamers are doing these things, they're roping all gamers together. That's where a huge problem comes in. And when somebody hears something like that, they're gonna join the. A lot of them are gonna join the Gamers Gate side, you know, even though they may not fully understand it. So I think like communication. Like, there's been a breakdown in communication to a degree. That that's the issue. Um, but all this being said, like all this stuff happened in like a week, and it's tiring. Like I'm at to the point where I when I see something that says Gamers Gate. I don't want to read it. I really don't want to read it. The only reason I even read this shit was because we're doing this podcast. But, like, normally I would ignore it. You know? And I would like to be able to ignore it. To those who... My message for those who support GamersGate... But if you support GamersGate... And you really, truly don't have a problem with women in gaming... If you really, truly care about the, uh, you know... Uh, the the integrity of game journalism and you know things like that and and having a balanced stance drop gamers gate because that mission is failed that mission is over gamers gate is over not gamers are over gamers gate is done okay and you can't bring it back if you spend time trying to bring it back and bring and give it a good name not going to happen it's not gonna happen. Like it, it's at this point, uh, the media. You know, I was. I, I want to say the media has done a good job of making Gamersgate seem like a anti-woman, anti and anti-female uh, movement.
1: I wouldn't, everybody. Say, huh? I wouldn't say it's just the media. There's plenty of people who have used that tag to. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's, right. I mean, it's, you know, both sides are guilty in that regard. Well, that's what I was
0: going to get to. Like, yeah. the people, like, the, even, there's probably a minority of people who actually hate women. And maybe there's a, pe- there are people who think that's what Gamers Gate is actually about and that's why they support it. But those people have ruined any chance of the Gamers Gate movement being taken as anything besides being a uh, misogynist or anti female. There's no chance of that coming back. If you, like I said, if you don't hate women, and what you care about is journalistic integrity, and making sure game journalism isn't corrupt, and, you know, I guess just making, game, making sure gaming is fun for everybody, you gotta drop out of Gamer's Gate. You, you gotta start a different movement. Gamer's Gate is over. It's finished. Done. You also needed a leader. <laughs> the thing, like you need a voice like the thing, like you need you can't like the the big one of the biggest problems with gamersgate is there was no official no official voice, whether it's a person or a group or organization there was no official voice of gamersgate, so any anybody could spew anything out of gamersgate, slap that tag on it, and now it counts as gamersgate and that bit you in the ass that really did bite you in the ass, you know. Like and that that's the thing, like that's like I I saw last week. I don't support Gamersgate. Because when I see Gamersgate, I see this this crazy shit. I see people threatening, you know, people over video games. (laughs) That's what I see. That's what I really see. And at the day I love video games. I've been playing video games for thirty years. Okay? I fucking love video games. I spend tons of money on video games. It's ridiculous. It really is. (laughs) And I and, and and that is what I see, that you're threatening people's lives over video games. It's still video games, people. It's still video games. Something that's supposed to be fun or at least entertaining, challenging. Uh but when if you if video games are that if video games are your life to the point where you can threaten another human being's life over them having a difference in opinion that's a problem. You know, they're so and if you I mean if you do have a difference of opinion with with uh, Sarkeesian like me, like I do, I'm not a fan of hers, and I voice my opinion on why I am not a fan of hers and why I think she's wrong about certain things. But I could do that without threatening her life. You know, I can hear her uh her point of view and then come up with a uh you know, with a uh, with a retort. Without you know uh, resorting to yelling or screaming or threatening, and yeah, those people, those people who do that have ruined Gamersgate.
1: They've they've ruined gaming for the last what six weeks. Yes. like just <laughs> having to, just just flat out having to deal with this, like it sucks. And like you like you said, like and even I think before the show like, we were talking like. You know, normally, like I love recording the Mashcast. Like it's one of the highlights of my week. We, you know, we got stupid shit to talk about. I make fun of it. I, I you know, I take some, you know, t- positions to to rile everybody up or whatever. And like it's great, and we have a great time. And like, you know, like like even on Thursday when we were supposed to record, and now today that we're finally recording, like I was kind of like, oh, the Mash, we gotta do the Mashcast tonight. Uh oh, like. It's literally like sucked the fun out of it for me, (laughs) and it's 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 terrible. You know, I keep saying it's terrible, but it's just terrible. It's like, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, I would love, I would love to be like, you know what? Let's just not talk about this at all. I mean, never mind the fact that okay, there really wasn't much else to talk about. (laughs) Like maybe if we had like six topics, that we could have been like, okay, we can kind of push that aside. But even then, like, no, this is something that we do need to talk about, and and. I mean you, you know it, it is news and I, I do think there is value in mentioning it and especially in condemning the the, the parts that need to be condemned um, I mean that's sort of one of the, the fun the fun things that, that you know I've, I've liked in all the different letters from different editors and all the you know anytime like a, any group you know talks about GamerGate. whatever side they're actually on they all mention like nobody should be making death threats why do i even have to point this out like that should be obvious. <laughs> like you know like like the, like there are certain like unwritten rules of just like just like general debate that like you know you don't see you know you don't watch a presidential debate and then see like you you know like the democrat yelling at the republican like i'm gonna kill you and your family like that's not how this works <laughs> <laughs> and we right. don't You know, and we don't need, you know, it's like we shouldn't need to point that out every step of the way. But that's one of those things like, you know, it's almost like a a mandatory disclaimer. Like before you can actually get into what you actually want to say, you have to make the point like death threats are terrible. Nobody should be making them. And then there's always the follow up. I don't know why you even have to say that, but you do. And, and, and so it's, yeah, like it, it's, it's. I just I don't know it it it's it's exhausting like that's kind of the theme we've been hitting like all episode this is terrible and exhausting and it's not fun at all and I will I wish we didn't have to talk about this not because like you know like I'm not saying like next time we may or we may or may not cover anything like I don't know what you know what we're gonna talk about next Thursday but like. I hope there's nothing more. I hope like, everybody just plays their games and has fun and there's no death threats, no articles, no nothing between now and Thursday. So we can just sit down on Thursday night to record and have a just nice, good conversation about whatever stupid thing Microsoft has done this week, whatever awesome thing Sony has done, and why the PC is so much better than everything else that's out there. And and, and life will be good.
0: <laughs> Amen, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I couldn't have said it better myself. But yeah, I mean this, this gamers gate shit has just got it's, it's out of hand. It's it's a it's annoying. Because neither side, pro oriented, nobody's talking. They're yelling at each other and then they're just going back and doing the same things over and over and over again. Nothing's happening. Uh in order to actually change things like you know if it, you know to to make things better like these these things aren't loud you know these these things happen quietly over time to be honest with you you know changes in mentality and, and things like that so uh you know, we talked about I I really don't want to go into that again because we talked about that last week if you want to hear about that, we did like what forty minutes on this shit last week.
1: Easily, easily,
0: forty fucking minutes. And like that still big.
1: doesn't count. The original was like hour plus podcast that was lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we talked about this when all that shit broke. Yes,
0: so. that is that is very true. We did like an hour podcast on this. All this shit started happening, and then I had a uh, hardware failure. Yeah, and lost it.
1: Dude. Stupid both f- from gaming ogre.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, dude, it, it was terrible. So we're done for the night.
1: <laughs> and I kind of I,
0: I kind of want to be done with Gamer's Gate altogether at this point. It's just annoying. Um our stance on Gamer's Gate is it's done. It's over. It failed. <laughs> like, let it go and you can start a movement that's better organized and you can try to filter out these assholes who are ruining your message. You got to separate the guys who really do truly hate women because they're out there. You do have guys that are mad because women are coming in and to them trying to change the games that they love and you know, i guess totally take away what they want versus uh you know somebody who's more balanced and thinking that games may you know games evolve over time you know which which they do they they've always done that so i i i really don't want to talk about it anymore my throat is starting to hurt <laughs> when to end this podcast because I'm so done with Gamer's Gate. Um, and hopefully we don't have to... Nothing happens. We don't have to bring it back up on uh, on Thursday or Friday when you guys hear this. Let's talk about new releases. What's coming out, huh? Uh, Isn't Assassin's Creed coming out soon?
1: Uh, Isn't that the end of the month,
0: maybe? let the uh, 19th or 20th. What's coming out, huh? Um,
1: the Legend of Korra? No. That, no.
0: This is Dreamfall chapters coming out October 21st. That game always intrigued me, Dreamfall, because of how it looked. But then I never got into it. I don't think. Isn't it like a point and click game?
1: I'm not familiar with it, so I have no idea.
0: Dreamfall, like the longest journey? You never saw it before? No. Dude, yeah, you see that shit all the time.
1: Bl- Blizzard didn't make it, so, so I'm out of my league.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Let's see, it was definitely coming out. Um, hmm.
1: Bayonetta 2 on the 24th.
0: Bayonetta 2 on the 24th. Oh, also uh, Sid Meier's uh, Civilization Beyond Earth. On the oh, yeah. It's both on a Friday, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, Lords of the Fallen on the twenty eighth, Sunset Overdrive on the twenty eighth,
1: Sing Star on the
0: twenty eighth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you got Call of Duty, and then I guess nothing really matters after that. Where's the sat? Okay, Assassin's Creed Unity, November eleventh.
1: Ooh, the Swapper is coming out for Wii U on November sixth.
0: Yeah, I have it for fucking uh, PC. I never finished it. Really? Yeah.
1: I never finished. Oh, Assassin's
0: Creed Unity and Rogue, both coming on November 11th. That's going to be rough. I'm getting both of
1: them. That's going to be... Yeah, that's going to be a good week.
0: Yeah, so... There's a new Sonic game. Sonic Boom Rise of the Is that a rhythm game?
1: Uh, I don't know. There's also a Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal.
0: Three-dimensional action platformer with a... Oh, really? It's it's an actual game. Like, Like a platformer. Huh. You know, like people, they you know, uh, they kind of shit on the Sonic games, but the last one I played was Sonic Colors, and it was pretty good. And that was for that was a Wii game, you know. That was a Wii game. Oh, this is that new Sonic with the with the newly designed, you know, Sonic and Knuckles. You know, Sonic's got that fucking scarf on. Knuckles Whoops. looks like he's been t- taking uh,
1: steroids. His, his neck gets cold when he runs fast.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that also doesn't help his speed, but it's whatever.
1: He's fast enough. Wind resistance doesn't matter at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe that that might be interesting because that's the new, the new Sonic. No, so yeah, but that's what's coming out. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash/match those buttons. We are on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. We are on Facebook.com slash mash those buttons, Twitter.com slash mash those buttons, or oh, slash MTB site, sorry, and YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. So you can catch us in all those places. And like I said, thank you for listening. Uh, please steer clear of Gamers Gate. <laughs> Don't post any stupid shit. So this shit can go away, please.
1: Just give everybody hugs. Just hug everybody.
0: Hug it out, Nick. Hug it out.
1: <laughs> Just hug it out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so well, yeah, hopefully this shit goes away because I just we just don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> at this point. Uh, it's fucking, this is it's the fourth quarter, folks. Well, the fourth quarter, yeah, yeah, we're in the fourth quarter, yeah, we're in the fourth quarter now. We should be talking about games, you know, Call of Duty. We should be talking about how bad that is right now. We should be talking about Assassin's Creed and how it's such a bad idea for them to go yearly with it, you know, stuff like that.
1: Soon. Soon. Good stuff. November is going to be a good month.
0: Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. All right, guys. We will catch you next week.
1: Have a great week, everybody. See you.